Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. For this episode, I recorded the music of a uh, band of street performers in Rome. They were really good. I stood there for quite a few songs, enjoying myself. I just love how people are always out in Europe. Love it. Anyway, in this episode, we have two cat stories, a disguise, a puppet, some fur, a bag of puke, and a couple of ding-dongs. Let's get on with the show. Okay, there was this young Asian girl yeah. on uh, DC-9, she was kind of new, and had an accent, and the, uh, the bell system was hard to hear, and so the mechanics took the ride up, she put in there, and made it poster size down there in the mechanics. Uh, room downstairs. What was the write-up? And the write-up was Captain Ding Dong Too Soft. (laughs) So this was interesting. Uh, I was on a flight and there was a girl. I don't know her motivations. Mm, uh, I don't know. Mm. I'm not saying she's lazy. Uh, I'm not saying... She's not really happy about being a flight attendant. I don't know. She could just be very cold. But she would get on the plane and put on a full-length cape. A cape. Buttoned at the top. Completely went went down past her knees. And um, you couldn't see that she was wearing a uniform. I mean, it's like a disguise. You know, it's like, uh, like okay, say, say you needed to find a policeman. And there was a policeman, but he was wearing a full-length cape. Well, you wouldn't think he was a policeman, right? So because she was covering her uniform completely, you know, most likely, you know, probably uh, passengers aren't going to ask her for anything. (laughs) So I still, you know, it could have just been her way of uh, keeping warm. But um, I wasn't going to say anything because I wasn't in charge and uh, I don't pick fights. And uh, but one of the other flight attendants did eventually say something. Uh, But uh, it's a real 
real uh, interesting uh, concept to uh, wear a disguise while you're at work. Okay, so this, I have heard rumors about this woman, but I never actually know anyone that actually flew with her. So there was a, a flight attendant who used to talk with a hand puppet. Is that right? Right, and she would greet. That's oh, right. She would greet all of our clients, all of our passengers. Oh, when they're with, getting on the plane? Well, they're getting on the plane. and say, With a puppet? With the puppet, waving to them. You know, and telling well, what them kind of seat. puppet was it? What did it look like? Well, it was a puppet that was dressed like a flight attendant. Oh, it was? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, where did she get it? Actually, the, the passengers found it quite entertaining. They, they, they enjoyed, you know, they would actually speak to the puppet rather than the flight attendant. Right. And then when our service began, she would be on the beverage cart and she would ask each passenger with the puppet on her hand what they would go to drink. But now how could she then serve with this? She had to take the puppet off to, well, to get it? What she did was yeah. she took like a... a and she placed the puppet, slid it oh, over the can. Yeah. So then she could do it and, and then, then she put it back on. But didn't this take her more time to keep putting the puppet on and on? Well, I think that presented the problem. Yeah. There it is. Because at first it was unique. It was it's something funny. special about her. Yeah. And people liked it. But then, of course, it slowed the process down. Yeah. Serving. Um, and then later on in the flight, I found that she had pulled out our carts and made a pallet underneath the counter and she was under there sitting and I said wait, 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 she was sitting she was yes propped up underneath the counter and I said um, are you okay are you feeling okay and she with her puppet said oh yes we're just resting now it's and like hiding I don't know I don't know so um, I never saw her after that <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> to apologize. I am so, so sorry. In the last episode, when I was reading the story of the flight attendant who was telling her story about her plane having to land in Canada during the 9-11 crisis, uh, I kept saying the name of the town in Canada as Grander, and it's Gander. I'm sorry. I made it. It's just a stupid mistake. I somehow read in my head Grander, and then I kept calling it that. I mean, I should have been able to self-correct. I was looking at a printed sheet of paper. I should have noticed that it was gander instead of grander, but I didn't. I, I don't know. I was a little emotional reading the story, and uh, I stupidly, I mean, really stupidly kept calling the name of the town the wrong name, and it's so bad that I'm re-recording this apology a few times because in the apology... I kept saying grander. I don't know what it is. It's like a, a a brain fart. I don't know. It's terrible. I'm sorry. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that I can make stupid mistakes. And this was a stupid mistake. I'm sorry. Uh, I do know a lot of people have been sending me emails that Gander, Canada, is a very important town for aviation because it's where a lot of planes have had to stop for fuel. So it's it's Gander, Canada, and I'm so sorry that I was calling it grander. It was just stupid, stupid, stupid. You know how Ruby's like the real big honeymoon place? Yeah. Yes. The really big, real big honeymoon place? Well, there was a girl that came up there, started off her honeymoon, and she said, I don't know how to fill out the form. So why do they want to know how many times a week I have sex? <laughs> 
seen that before. They don't have. She said, "What do you mean by that? They don't really know how many times." She said, "Well, they're asking. We want to have it Monday through Friday." Yes, sir. No, that's male or female. <laughs> dinner on a layover with another flight attendant and two pilots. And we started talking about the presidential election here in the United States. And I had this idea and I said, oh, you know what? I what? I wonder what it would be like if we did our presidential election like how they used to do a long, long time ago on Easter Island. And they're looking at me like, who is this girl? What is she talking about? Easter Island? <laughs> But, you know, I I love to talk about Easter Island. <laughs> and so I said, yes, you know, uh, a long time ago, they used to have this uh, competition, the, the bird man, the bird king. And what they would do was like a, a, it was a test of strength. So all the most virile men, sorry, they were men at that point in time, uh, would, would line up on the beach on Easter Island. And on Easter Island, there's another little island about, I don't know, technically, but it looks like maybe a half a mile uh, offshore. And they would have to swim in the open ocean and swim over to this other island. And then once they were on this little island, they would have to search for this particular bird egg. And if they found the egg, they would have to swim back. And the first man who could get back to Easter Island with the bird egg uh, intact, not broken, got to be king for the year. <laughs> I thought, wow, wouldn't it be interesting <laughs> to see our current cast of candidates lined up on the shore of Easter Island, <laughs> you know, with the big Moai statues in the background, and they would be lined up in their swimsuits. They would have to swim in the open ocean over to that little island and find the bird egg and get it back. And uh, just the visual of them lined up was so humorous to me, but I was trying to figure, you know, who would win? Huh, I guess it'd probably be a toss-up between uh, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, but, you know, that's not really the important part of this. <laughs> it's actually seeing them lined up in the beach in their swimsuits, so uh, maybe, you know, maybe Ted Cruz is in a in a Speedo, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think Chris Christie could even make it, and... Um, you know, maybe uh, Bernie Sanders is in the old-fashioned, like, sort of onesie uh, swimsuit. <laughs> but, of course, the best ones has to be, would be Donald Trump. You know, he would be worried about how he's going to keep his hairdo, you know, swimming in the open ocean and the wind. So I would imagine he would have to have some sort of fancy um, shower cap. <laughs> or maybe one of those old uh, bathing caps like with the flowers on it. And then the best one I think would have to be, I just can't imagine Hillary Clinton in a bathing suit. You know, she's so famous for her pantsuits. So I was thinking the closest thing to a swimsuit pantsuit would be like a wetsuit. But then I would still think she'd probably have on a big chunky necklace. <laughs> On my 767 Let's flight, 767D airplane, uh, a man sitting in one, approximately 80 years old, got up to go to the bathroom. Instead of opening the bathroom door, he pulled the curtain into economy court and whipped out his ding-a-ling and started peeing all over. Over the people, too? Just on the floor? Just on the floor. 
And he took an Ambien. He yeah. didn't know where he was, what he was doing. And then the f people on the first row started saying, Sir, stop. Sir, stop. You're not in the bathroom. Stop it, sir. Stop. <laughs> it's an Ambien zombie. I love it. I would like to thank any of you who, when you were going to go to buy something on Amazon.com, you went to my website first, BettyInTheSky.com. doesn't cost you any more, and it supports the show. Remember, if you have an ad blocker on, you might need to turn it off so that the um, links will work. And I like to see what people buy every month. And this month, someone bought some pink flamingo nail polish, a book on Cleopatra, the last queen of Egypt, and a book on how to be the world's smartest traveler. I obviously have not achieved that considering I kept calling Gander grander. What a ding dong. <laughs> anyway, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, please consider going to my website, bettyinthesky.com. Thanks. <laughs> on my flight but the girl that was telling me the story it happened to her she was um, a line on this flight um, two minutes before they're closing the door a completely full flight a man runs on and he's got his suitcase so he goes to where his seat is and opens the overhead bin takes out a suitcase puts it in the aisle puts his in the overhead bin closes it sits down puts the seatbelt on and there's a poor little old lady about three rows behind that's just like ringing her bell, ma'am, ma'am, he took my suitcase, you know. So the flight attendant at the back of the airplane, she um, goes up to the gentleman and said, sir, I have other overhead bin space, but you need to put that bag back where you got it, you know. And he said, this is my seat, that's my overhead bin space. Well, she decided she wasn't paid enough to handle the situation, so she went up to the girl in charge and told her what happened girl in charge comes back to the man and this girl she was she's kind of like me she's real sassy she looked at him she said I put my hands on my hips looked at him and says tell me you did not do what my girlfriend <laughs> just came up and told me that you did and he looked at her and he said this is my seat that's my overhead bin she tried talking to him he wouldn't budge so she decided she wasn't paid enough so she goes up and gets the the captain tells him the whole story you know I've tried everything you know, by now the airplane's late because they can't get this man to behave. And so the captain comes back and he said, Sir, get your suitcase out, put this lady's suitcase back, and put your suitcase where my flight attendant told you to. And he says to the captain, This is my seat, that's my overhead bin space. The captain looked at him and said, Well, sir, this is my airplane. You can get the hell off right now. <laughs> and he left his rear end in Atlanta. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> You know, maybe I'm just lucky, or maybe it's because I fly to Europe uh, mostly. Uh, that I, at least lately, yeah, like even probably the last couple years, I really haven't been. I haven't really had that many like really difficult flights, like uh, people being real angry or mean. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's you know my attitude. I don't know, but I did, I had one recently coming back from Paris, and uh, boy, boy, it was a challenging group of people. It was uh, a lot of people had come in from India or Africa. So, you know, they're, they're tired. You know, I have to give them that, you know, it's they've already probably had a nine or 10 hour flight. Now they're on another nine hour flight. So, you know, nobody's very happy about that. And, uh, but there were some people who boy, <laughs> and uh, I'm guessing 
that, I, I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing uh, this one particular woman is used to having servants. And uh, because uh, I wasn't serving her, but I could hear her yelling. I was I was on the cart with a straight male flight attendant. And um, in general, sometimes they're not as good with patience as the women or the gay guys. But uh, this guy was handling it unbelievably well because uh, I, I didn't pay attention until like the second or third time she yelled at him. But <laughs> I heard her say, take it away, take it away, just take it away. And I was thinking, whoa, what was that? And so I see him go back to the galley with an orange juice and come back and talk to her. And she, then I'm listening because, you know, I'm hearing, take it away. Uh, She orders an orange juice without ice. So he pours her another one. It's the same thing he just gave her and took back to the galley. And she goes with a, you know, dismissive hand movement. Take it away. Just take it away. So he goes back to the galley again and throws it out and comes back and asks her what she would like. And she says, an orange juice with ice. And I mean, he's really being patient. This is three times and he's giving her the exact same thing. And then she says again, take it away. Just take it away. And I'm thinking, whoa. So sometimes it is better uh, to have somebody else get involved. You know, who knows what. So we move the beverage cart and I say to her, uh, what's wrong with the orange juice you keep yelling to him to take away? And she goes, it's too cold. And I was like, oh, well, here, I'll show you. And I, I gave her the can. And I said, this is the temperature it is. You know, um, if you want, I can give you the can and you can wait, you know, until it gets to the your desired temperature. <laughs> and actually, she was okay with that. I don't know, but that, take it away. And then, um, but I give him a lot of credit for, you know, doing it three times. And she was being so mean. But this woman was very difficult. And, uh... Later on, she she had a child, and um, she had the two meal trays, and I guess her or the child, somebody had made a giant mess of the food, and uh, I was walking by. We hadn't served everyone yet, and, you know, we serve everyone, and then we pick up all the trays, and she says to me, you need to call someone and have them come clean this up, and I was like, who am I calling? <laughs> like, like I, I don't have anyone to call. You know, there's no... There's not like a cleaning crew in the back galley, you know, clean up aisle two, clean up aisle two. <laughs> but the same lady, I mean, it, this was a very, she wasn't the only one too. We had a, a, quite a few people like this. Um, the child, you know, screamed a lot. I feel bad for a lot of the people around them, but he screamed a good portion of the flight. And uh, I guess she figured out her solution. Uh, we're about to land on um, final descent. And uh, the guy flight attendant looks and I could tell he was like, you have to do it this time. <laughs> she's taken the car seat. She's taken the child out of the car seat and she's putting the car. She's put the car seat totally blocking. It's a giant car seat, totally blocking the aisle. Uh, you know, you can't put any bags in the aisle, let alone a giant car seat. And he's like, look, look, look at this. <laughs> and so I go up to her and I'm like, um, yeah, you know, we we can't. You can't block the aisle, so you need to put the car seat, you know, the child back in the car seat. She's like, no, he's going to scream. And I'm like, well, you know, we can't block the aisle. It was too big to put an overhead bin. The closets were full. Uh, and then she was like, well, uh, we'll just leave it there. And then the very last minute, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. And I'm like, 
I'm thinking, I'm not trusting her to do that. She hasn't done anything else. She said she was going to do the whole flight. <laughs> I know she's just going to leave it there. And I was trying to explain, you know, it's a safety issue because uh, I can't even get I can't even get up the aisle to, you know, check all the other passengers because nobody can get by this giant car seat. And she said, well, I'll tell you what, we will both go stand in the back uh, galley for, for landing. And I'm like, yeah, you can't do that either. Like, <laughs> it was just a fight. Man, it was a fight. The whole thing was, was a fight and it was stressful. And uh, thank goodness, Lee, she wasn't saying to me, take it away. Okay. When I was based in New Orleans, there was this flight attendant. She was married to the chief pilot, always dressed like Jackie Kennedy. She would have gloves on and a pillbox hat and all that, so very prim and proper. And she had this fur coat that she wanted to sell. So she had a picture of herself modeling the fur coat, and she put it above the mailboxes. Okay, all the flight attendant mailboxes so everyone would see it. Well, that month, Magazine had a picture of a Mexican hairless dog (laughs) on the front. And so one of the supervisors, I think he was a flight attendant then, but he took the picture of the Mexican hairless and put it next to the picture of sit in her fur coat and drew an arrow from the coat to the dog and put original owner. on a flight. I believe I was going to Amsterdam and uh, there were these two women in in coach and um, at first I wasn't sure if maybe they were a couple because they were being so mean and loud with each other. Uh, They really didn't like each other at all and uh, they were very vocal uh, just yelling at each other and eventually we figured out that they were a mother and daughter and that maybe that both of them were just very upset that they were going to have to be on a vacation together because it was so obvious how much they didn't like each other. But uh, the at one point, the daughter was in the bathroom, and um, we had just turned off the lights after the service. You know, it's an all-night flight going to Europe, and uh, the, I'm, I happened to be near her walking up the aisle, and uh, she screams, Why are they turning the lights off? Like with a bunch of venom and... <laughs> Like, really loud, screaming to no one or everyone, uh, you know, why are they turning the lights off? And I, I, I turned to her and I said, oh, well, because it's a night flight and uh, a lot of people uh, want to sleep. And she, she didn't answer. She didn't, you know, acknowledge that answer. That could be normal. It's just such a weird thing to yell out. Why are they turning the lights out? Did you say Atlanta Lauderdale? Lauderdale. Yeah. Lauderdale. Yeah. Doll. So we were packed. Seven five three hundred. That stretch son of a bitch cattle car. <laughs> How do you really feel about it? It's a cattle car. <laughs> so of course one A, one A, is a Louis Vuitton, sixty oh, yeah. nine year old, mega. Yeah. Lauderdale. Yeah. Mega. So she comes on with an emotional support yeah. cat. Well, guess what, Mama? I am definitely severely allergic to cats. Where I start to itch, scratch, and I mean everywhere. <laughs> so I got I got a hold of the tower. I got a hold of the red coat. I said, I'm moving her. I'm not going to sit near a cat. I said, if you need to get an emotional, you know what? 
go get a freaking parrot. I know, because they're going to have like an emotional support pelican soon. So I told her, I said, you know what, you're going to need to do me a favor. I said, I can't have you sit here. I'm, I'm, I said, I'm definitely allergic to cats. Can you move to 6A? We have 6A available. So she says, okay, okay, yeah. whatever. Well, sure enough, she starts to have a seizure in her eyes because she didn't like 6A. And at this point, we're airborne. Then she started to time how long it took her to get her first beverage. Then she said her seat didn't recline. So, of course, me, I says, oh, here we go. I says, well, did you push the button to recline the seat? Because it's working fine now. Yeah. I said, and you waited 38 minutes because we had to sit for the first 20 minutes. Me too. And as per the captain, by the way, didn't you hear the PA? Yeah. I said, so really, it took the flight attendant 18 minutes to serve 22 first-class passengers. Yeah. I said, I think she did the best she could. She I said, said I'm sorry maybe the cat should have pushed the button. And then she said, she's like, well, I paid for 1A. I said, you paid for first class. I said, I did the best I could. I said, I even didn't work first class. I had someone work it so that, so that you would be more comfortable since you knew that I was allergic to the cat. It's going to be more and more problems, you know. Yeah, but you know what? Guess what? When I called the tower they were okay and I said that I had, a, I had a cat, they said, is it an allergic? I said, me, right away. I'm yeah. moving her. And you know what? It's getting out of control. You know the other day we had a monkey, right? Did you? At a Lauderdale. Wait, an emotional support monkey? Well, I don't know. I think it was more of a support as in a hold on. It was a monkey. It looked like a fancy rat. <laughs> I love monkeys. It was gross. is a little story from my November trip to Rarotonga in the Cook Islands. So when I uh, landed in Rarotonga, I got there like seven o'clock in the morning and uh, was picked up, got a lay. Love that. Both places I went to, they'd get come to the airport and pick you up and give you a lay like they used to, you know, in Hawaii all those years ago, or you saw that on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> so nice. Smells so good. Anyway, we get to my bungalow and, uh, and we, he opens the door with the key and in comes this yellow cat was like in, in the bungalow. And I was thinking, oh, my, my uh, bungalow comes with a pet cat. And actually everywhere I went, it came with a pet cat. Like, uh, not, I mean, they were wild cats, but, um, they didn't, they didn't belong to anyone, but they acted like pet cats. Like they tried to get up on your lap. Uh, they just wanted to snuggle. <laughs> And it was like everywhere I went and every restaurant I went to, there'd be a cat. And I kind of felt like uh, when you got off the plane, uh, not just with a lay, I'm surprised they didn't give you like a, you know, welcome, Kirana, welcome to the Cook Island. Here's here's your, your uh, pet cat for the next week. On most of our airplanes, or probably all of them, the pilot and the flight attendant crew rest areas are not in the same place. And uh, rightfully so, the pilot's crew rest area is usually nicer. And uh, they also have longer breaks. And, you know, it's more important that they're uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed than we are. It's all fine. And uh, there's a plane now where they're reconfiguring them. And the pilot crew rest is in the same place as the flight attendant crew rest. And um, the pilots are not too happy about this because we get shorter breaks, so we're 
going to be going in and out of there more often. And we usually call to wake each other up. And basically, they're just worried about the noise interrupting their rest. And so they complained. And the chief pilot put out a thing saying, um, it's not a problem because there's a noise canceling curtain. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the same curtain. <laughs> but he's calling it a noise canceling curtain. Her Bunsen burner with her. Why she carry a Bunsen burner? Because she'd take the leftover casseroles. Oh, yeah. She'd invite the first officer usually to her room, and she'd put the scarves over scarves over her lamps, candles, and by the time the guy showed up and he didn't realize he was the only one invited, yeah. and there he is having casseroles from the airplane. <laughs> so romantic. Oh yeah. That first officer, God damn that first officer, and we're all on the bus waiting, Why and she you? looks like hell, and we're going what? She goes, oh God damn that first officer, he kept me up all night, I couldn't get ready this morning, and he's in the bus sinking, just sinking, because she's ugly as sin. He kept her up all night. He had kept her up all night, and we knew who it was, because he was sinking. And she comes out, and she's all disheveled. I mean, funny. That's funny. Well, I got this great story from a listener named Julie. I'm going to read it, and hopefully I won't mispronounce anything in this one. Uh, She said, my husband and I were married in 1998 in Sydney. The day after the wedding, we were to fly to Fiji for our honeymoon cruise, which was to leave the day following our flight. We arrived as newlyweds at the Sydney airport, excited to be catching our honeymoon flight. When attempting to check in for our Qantas flight, we were told that the flight was overbooked and there were no seats for us. Well, as you can imagine, this was a big disappointment for us, especially when we were told that we would need to go on the next available flight in a couple days' time, which would mean we would miss our cruise. When we explained that it was our honeymoon and begged Qantas to find us some seats on the plane, they said they would see what they could do. After an anxious half hour, they came back to us and said that provided we didn't mind where we sat, they could get us on. Well, imagine our surprise when we were taken to the cockpit and given the jump seats behind the captain and the first officer. We were issued our headphones so we could hear everything going on. And of course, we were very excited experience of watching the big jet take off from Sydney and land in Fiji from the vantage point of the cockpit. Added to this, the cabin staff brought us food and champagne from first class and treated us like royalty. It wouldn't happen, you know, in this post 9-11 era, but it sure was an experience we'll never forget. That's a nice story. Commuting from Fort Lauderdale to JFK. Yeah. In my other life. Okay. Everybody, we had had a delay and and everybody was anxious to get off. Of course, you know how the New York clientele is. All right. They want everything. This is back when the decks of cards, the wings. I didn't get one of those. I didn't so they're, now they're getting off. Oh, lovely flight, lovely flight. Well, right before landing, I wasn't working the flight, but I was getting off. This lady had vomited. Right. And so anyway, she had the bag. So I kind of just held the barf bag and took it up and was standing there with it at the door because I couldn't get in the bathroom. They were all passing. And I was waiting to get in the bathroom to throw it away. And the lady comes, I didn't get one of those, and took it right out of my hand and flew out the door. You know what? 
I actually, I want to tell you this. And it's true. I've actually, I want to tell you, I've heard this story and I've liked this it's story. True. But I didn't know it actually was you because I rarely run into the person that actually. It was me. <laughs> and I heard, this is what I heard, but things get exaggerated. I heard that as you were, um, that it had been a very difficult flight and there was a pilot standing oh, there. The people were awful. And when uh, he went to go tell the person it was vomit and you said, don't you dare. No, <laughs> no, I, was, I did not. No. <laughs> I did not do no. But that's a better story. See, people add a little ending no, to it. I I was, what I was was in shock. Yeah. I, I stood there and I went, and she was gone. Yeah. I mean, she took. I didn't get one of those, and she took off with the vomit. With the vomit. <laughs> My favorite story from this episode is the one where the flight attendant is not her first language, and the call bell where the pilots call us. Uh, I, in case you guys aren't familiar with it, maybe you don't listen, you got your headphones on, this is what it sounds like. And it was low, so she couldn't hear it, so she wrote it up. And when the pilot saw their write-up, they blew it up poster size because she had written, Captain Ding Dong, too soft. <laughs> I've been telling everybody that that story. And like um, halfway through the trip, you know, I'll get back to the galley and I'll be like, Pilot Ding Dong, too soft. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. And I hope I didn't misname anything on this episode because <laughs> I really was, I really made a uh, ass of myself in the last episode because some people cut out the, um, the story and share it on Facebook and stuff. And it's like, oh my... <laughs> <laughs> nothing like making a really public mistake. So hopefully I didn't do anything on this episode. And I hope you'll join me again next time, even though I can be a real ding dong. <laughs> and join me for another episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. Thanks. Bye. Cast Queen. <laughs> <laughs>